Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak. Joining you all for the first midweek mock draft in what feels like forever. Feels like we just got to shake the dust off, get back to our mock draft and ways, and what a better time to do it. We figured that we would time it right with the, I guess free agency is technically never over, but the end of free agency, the end of the big swing for free agency, because there's so many different team needs that would have changed. And originally we had on the schedule that we were going to do this mock draft next week, but scheduling worked out to where we could get it in early and I could not be more excited to give you guys a brand new mock draft post free agency. Ben, are you matching my excitement level? Come on, man. I need the energy today. Well, okay. I have, I have an admonition and an admission. I have to say, I have to admit a thing. I don't know what the noun is. Okay. When I said a few weeks ago Mm. that we were never doing a mock draft ever again on this podcast. Yeah. I was lying. Get out of town. Okay. Yeah, Get. it was a joke. It this was deception. You f- and you lied it was just, to the people. Was, <laughs> me for fun to entertain? <laughs> no. Uh, it it no. I I like the fact that we took the week off because was eventually, two weeks like, off. I think it was or two like weeks, three off. weeks yeah. off, maybe. I was it was five weeks off. <laughs> you, you you have you seen the office all the way through? I can never remember. No, I have not. Right, you're an idiot. Uh, okay. All the Office fans out there will will immediately hearken to uh, when Dwight's talking about uh, how long nuclear winter could possibly last. And Jim goes, one month? And Dwight goes, yes. And Jim goes, two months? And Dwight goes, yeah, that could happen. And Jim goes, but, but three months? Is that? And Dwight goes, yes, I can see that happening. <laughs> and they just do that for like an hour. That's how I felt about that. that how many weeks did we not do a mock draft? But it was a lie. We're doing a mock draft. And I'm glad we took the break because... Now, like, you look at it with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, like, all the constant, you know, matchups I was doing and pairings that made sense and so on and so forth. And I, I feel like, with, and now it's post-free agency. And so it's going to look different. It's going to be fresh and it's going to be fun. So, yes, enthusiasm matched. A nuclear winner is probably a good way to describe what we're about to put these people through with this brand new mock draft. We're going to be going through a lot of the free agent additions or subtractions that happened over the last couple of weeks with these teams as we go through their picks. I will be selecting for the odd number teams. Ben will be selecting for the even number teams, and we're going to run through an entire first round mock here on this show. Ben, are you ready to get it going? Yes. You know, when you, look at, when you look at everything the Jacksonville Jaguars did, bring in Carlos Hyde, Philip Dorsett, Marvin Jones, Tyson Alulu, G.I. Ward, Malcolm Brown via trade, Sidney Jones, Shaq Griffin, Rashawn Jenkins, that all makes me believe that there is no longer a reason to select Trevor Lawrence. The team's good. Yeah. The Bill ability, around Gardner, baby. You, that, that's clearly what they're doing. So at number one, we're going with Penn Ace. No, okay. Obviously Mike not. Parsons, We're Miles Jack. <laughs> that would actually be nuclear. Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall pick. That's exactly what the Jags have been doing the whole time. They've been building the roster, getting it to a point where there aren't any, a lot of major holes. I also figured that's why they franchise tag, tagged Cam Robinson, not because they think he's the best tackle in the world, but because they didn't want a tackle spot wide open before Trevor Lawrence got there. It's all about Trevor Lawrence. It always has been. He's going number one overall. Number two, yep. New York Jets. Uh, today, Mel Kuyper said on, I think, Get Up, on some ESPN programming, uh, that the best quarterback available in free agency or the draft after Trevor Lawrence right now would be Sam Darnold. So, like, if Sam were in this class right now, like, at his age with his profile, he'd be a better acquisition than, like, Wilson or Fields or whomever. I think that's stupid. She's right. It's just bananas. Uh... (laughs) That clip of Anthony Mackie going, you're bananas, that's going around right now? Dude, that's bananas. I can't get my head around that. Not the biggest Zach Wilson fan in the world. Would still rather have Zach Wilson as he is now over what Sam Donald is now. Uh, the Jets have made it clear they're going to take calls on Sam Donald. Uh, despite all smoke to the contrary, I would be stunned 
if they take any any uh, player that's not a quarterback at two. Uh, and it's pretty clear that Zach Wilson's going to be the top guy after Trevor Lawrence. Maybe it wouldn't be it would be Justin Fields, but Zach Wilson's probably going to be the pick. So we'll make the pick at two. Uh, Zach Wilson to the Jets. Number three overall, the Miami Dolphins. I think that the Dolphins had a decent amount of cap space, but they didn't make a super big splash in free agency. A lot of people had them going after Aaron Jones. They they ended up not getting Aaron Jones. They got Will Fuller, though, so they upgraded wide receiver in a certain way. Some wanted Curtis Samuel, but it's all right. I like Will Fuller. He brings the speed element to the team. All that to say, I don't think their priorities change a lot at number three. I think that um, their best move is still to trade back, and I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are calling them. One of those teams is a new team, the Denver Broncos, that went out and George Payton, first-time GM for the Denver Broncos. Big I mean, ups, George. My man went off in free agency. He brought so many guys back. He fixed the cornerback room. They jumped on Kyle Fuller the second he was released by the Bears. Brought Kareem Jackson back as well. Ronald Darby got Justin Simmons on the long-term deal. Brought back Shelby Harris. I mean, they hit a lot of their biggest needs because, remember, you know, We've just been putting corner to Denver for so long because it, we figured that that was what they were going to do. We didn't know what was going to happen in free agency, but we knew they needed corners. Turns out they fixed that cornerback need. They gave a lot of money to that room, and corners no longer something that I think that they're taking a look at in the first round. Instead, man, when you go up and down this Broncos roster, it is prime for a move up for a quarterback if they want it. And you've got the roster, the rest of the roster, almost ready especially if you're getting a really good young quarterback, potentially groom him with the young offense that they got over the the weapons that they've drafted over the last couple of years. So I'm going to have the Denver Broncos trading up to number three with the Miami Dolphins. What's the package? You know, we're going to find out right now as I'm firing up the mock draft machine, getting the package going right here. Okay, first round pick this year. First round pick next year. That's where it starts. I know for sure. Broncos also have three seventh round picks this year. And okay, that's the only extra picks that they have. So if I throw in a second this year, it automatically goes to very likely to be accepted. But we know that other teams are going to be involved in this. So I will mm-hmm. say I will say a third rounder this year, which then would give the Dolphins two third rounders, and then a third rounder next year, because I think the Dolphins are gonna want to diversify the picks they get. They don't just want it in 2021. So I would offer two firsts and two thirds for number three overall for them to move six spots back. What do you think? Okay. So no seconds at all. Two no. ones, two threes. Uh-uh. Hmm. I think they would try to get a second, even if it's a second and a fourth instead of two threes. You know what I'm saying? I think the Broncos might do that if it's a second next year. Which works for the Dolphins because they have two seconds this year. They don't need a third second this year. Yeah. Uh, and they still might be making it a Sean Watson trade package. So obviously what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson is 10 billion times more up in the air than it was a few weeks ago. But so, okay, fourth this year, second next year. Yes. To me, that's better for the Dolphins. Okay. I think the, I think the Broncos, because, you know, they'd still get number three overall, their second-round pick, their third-round pick. I think that they're very okay with that, especially for the contracts that they give out. So I'm going to send the offer, see what the Dolphins say. All right, Dolphins accepted the offer. Broncos are now on the clock at number three. And I'm going to go with Justin Fields. I'm going to make Justin Fields the new franchise quarterback for the Denver Broncos because you also got to think about this. They gave up the two first. Okay, that was kind of the baseline for the deal. You got to give up two ones. They give up a second next year and a fourth this year. You could probably move Drew Locke for like a mid-round pick, you know? I think that they right, would be the able back. to get the fourth back somehow. So it would At honestly least. be a really good situation for the Broncos if they were to do that. Of course, this is just if they were to do that. So we're we're exploring this one a little bit here. I'm going to go Justin Fields at number three overall then for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I think the... Free agency helped me believe more strongly that the Broncos are trade up candidates because they didn't do any veteran quarterback adding at all. Right. They didn't even do the whole like, oh, we're going to add the, you know, Mike Glennon to help Drew Locke learn. You know what I mean? Like nothing. Uh, that plus like Peyton's been at 
I know he was at Trey Lance's pro day. I think they also went to Alabama for Mac Jones. Like it's they've they they're doing the homework. And whenever it's a new front office, it always leads you to believe that the, the currently tenured guys are a little bit less safe than they were. So to me, I, I agree. I think they're likely to move up. I'd be very interested to see if who they'd like better, Fields or Lance, because uh, that's I think a conversation that's in the league now, and that's a fun one. <sighs> As it is, Falcons at four. Uh, the free agency process made me more certain the Broncos were going to trade up or made me believe it was more likely they were going to trade up. Uh, the same thing happened with the Falcons and trading back. Now, it's interesting. If you, like, you know, check out what plugged-in Atlanta people are saying, right? Like, I, uh, uh, at, at The Athletic for Atlanta, I, who, I cannot remember who it was who wrote it for the life of me. So please forgive me. I don't remember the name of, of, of the, uh, the journalist who was going over it. But they were basically talking about how um, oh, I found, I found, I found, I found it. Burn time, burn time, burn time. Uh, Tori McLaney, uh, the athletic did like a 32 beat mock draft and, and Tori wow, took Justin cats. Fields. Yeah, I know. Right. Tori took Justin Fields at four after the Broncos traded up to three to go get Trey Lance as we had happen here. Uh, and she writes the original school thought when news broke about Matt Ryan, getting his contract restructured again, was that the move essentially wipes out any plans. The Falcons may have had about drafting quarterback at four. Well, as the days have gone on, the Falcons have sent out feelers that they are still in the market for a quarterback. So expect the Falcons to draft quarterback. Lance seems like a better fit than fields, but if he doesn't fall to four, then fields can be their guy. Yeah, but hold uh, on them, them putting out the feelers. I just want to say, I just want to kind of like reverse psychology. This one, uh, Devil's advocates, the better word. Them saying that they have no problem taking the quarterback just makes teams more desperate to give them more to move up. You know? Yes. I don't. I do not think they're going to take a quarterback. I really don't. I also don't. I think that the Falcons are posturing, but plugged in people are are reporting it. And so that can be. Right, right, right. And I I don't don't mean to dismiss that. Right. There's smoke and there's fire, and it's interesting. So the quarterback thing is still a conversation. As it is, I expect them to trade back. With the Broncos already moving up, the Panthers at 8 are a possibility, Niners at 12 are a possibility, Patriots all the way at 15 are a possibility. Of those three teams, who do you think would get most aggressive for Trey Lance? Because one stands out to me. Well, I think I think that it the, the aggressive battle would be between the Panthers and the Patriots. It just depends. Yeah. Okay, like all, the, the first three quarterbacks are off the board— how much do the Panthers really want Trey Lance? And if they really want him, then obviously they're going to be as big of players as any. However, the conversation that we had about the Atlanta Falcons not too long ago is with Terry Fontenot being from New Orleans and their MO being aggressive in the draft, you've got to have ammo to get aggressive. And the further Atlanta can move back, now of course you don't want to, you know, you don't want to go past the middle of the first round. You don't want to go like into the twenties or anything. But the further you move back, the more picks you are going to require of the team to move up. That's just more ammo for you next year, the year after right. There's that. There's so even. much work that's got to get done on this roster. So, I mean, if New England's going to get hella aggressive, I'd love to see a New England deal if I am the Falcons because I think it's going to take a lot. Yes, I also think it's... More likely to be the Patriots uh, in the in the Panthers the Patriots conversation and, and one and one big note is that the Falcons and the Panthers are in the same division. You don't want to help your division rival trade up for their quarterback of the future. Correct. Usually a, a process to avoid. The other thing that's interesting is the Panthers have a pretty run of the mill uh, draft pools over the next couple of years. They have a few extra day three picks this year, but other than that, it's nothing too interesting because of the Patriots and how they work the compensatory pick form- formula. They have. Oh, excuse me. They have uh, three fourth round picks this year on top of, I think, an extra sixth as well. Oh, and so man. they have fourth more round early picks ammunition are just gold mines for teams. Just looking to pop up a little bit, you know, move up a little bit in third round. Okay, that's third usually second, right. You see the bit up, you know, right. You see the Patriots make a ton of picks in those rounds usually. So they have these picks. So if we're moving from 15 to four, then we're obviously doing it two ones and a two this year. That's non-negotiable because that that's that's the framework. And then it's what do we dust on top? Oh, man. I mean, right. I think that you would hold on. Let me pull it up, too, so I can see the. Tr- the. Yeah. So I, I have the Patriots the right now sending 15, sending 46. So first and a two this year, along with the first next year. I'm also going to send their third round pick this year okay. in, in 96. And the Falcons, who have three fifth-round picks, I'm going to get their earliest fifth-round pick back. And 
one, two, and three, and a one for one and a five. And the I, Patriots got to give something else more in the I future. W- I would tell you that the Falcons are going to want something in 2022 as well. Like, whether yeah, it's a so, four, I would say a fourth rounder. That's exactly what I had selected. So I was considering a one, a two, and a three this year, and a one and a four next year that the Patriots are sending to the Falcons. Yes. And they're going to get a, a one, they're going to get four overall, yep. and they're going to get one of the Falcons' fifth round picks this year just so that they have numbers to help fill out the depth chart. That would be, I think, a reasonable deal for the sake of the exercise. Okay. I'm, d- I'm down with it. What's it send? Send it, brother. All right. So oh, the Falcons have accepted. So uh, now I. I am I technically up with the Patriots? I think I am because it's an odd number. That's how we've been doing it. I'm obviously picking Trey Lance. It's Trey Lance. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm obviously picking Kellen Mond. Um so all right. So one, two, three, four. That's how the quarterbacks went. Bengals are now up at five. I'm up with the Bengals. It's cause it's an odd number still. Penny Sewell making it to five. Great. I don't think Riley Reef, that signing deters you from going to get a player like Penny Sewell. I just I just don't think <laughs> that that's there. They also obviously made the big splash with Trey Hendrickson, moving on from Carl Lawson, and just giving a lot of money to Trey Hendrickson instead. Got Mike Hilton. Got Shadobi Wuzier. Well, they signed Eli Apple. I actually didn't realize that until right now. Okay, they that signed was Eli today, Apple as well. Okay, well, that's, yeah. that's probably why I didn't see it. So offensive line is still the thing. If, if you're going with a player at number five, I think it's got to be offensive line. That's what you got to do. So I'm going to pick yeah. Penny Sewell here at five. I cannot emphasize enough how little Riley Reef should impact your drafting plans. Right. Correct. I saw a lot of like, oh, now that the Bengals have Riley Reef, stop that mess. You stop that nonsense right now. That's Riley Reef. <laughs> That's we don't do that. That that you have to move Riley Reef to guard because oh dang, you drafted a twenty year old freakazoid to tackle. Guess what? <laughs> that ain't no problem. All right, Eagles at six. Uh Eagles signed Joe Flacco in free agency. Yeah, baby. Go birds. Uh, love it. 3.5 million guaranteed. Just sick. Can't wait for him to help develop uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, no, they're not doing. Um, I don't think Flacco who impacts is, their draft be- plans. Behind? Oh, it was Lamar. Lamar was behind Flacco. And, and wouldn't Flacco, yes. like, it's and not Joe my job to develop was, like, him. openly abrasive to him. Yeah. And then, <laughs> right, and then he was to Denver. And look at how much Drew Locke developed in Denver. And then he went to New York. And look at how much he helped Sam Darnold. Like, this is the bit that Eagles fans are doing now. But it's reasonable. Like, he has never been, like, a helpful veteran anywhere by, like, the proof of the pudding in the young quarterback's play. Now, I think the Eagles would still take a quarterback if they could. They didn't make a trade up. They're sitting here at six, the top four off the board. They're not going to take Mac Jones this early. Uh, so now it's the, the pass catcher board. They didn't add anybody at wide receiver or tight end. They're likely to lose Zach Ertz in this upcoming uh, trade, free agency, whatever. So Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts, it's been a big debate. I wrote about it actually for Bleeding Green this week. I think Jamar Chase is the better pick, and I think they'd make that the pick. Like Pitts can make sense for you, um, but they were a base 12 personnel team for the last couple years, and their offense was checking notes here really freaking bad uh it doesn't matter how many good tight ends you have you have to be able to field a wide receiver right now they don't it's not like they have one they have none they have no wide receiver so you take jamar chase he's the best receiver on the board uh he fits what they like in terms of production sec play age uh, and he's going to be an x receiver for them as well which is what they need right now so chase should be a no-brainer for them detroit lions up at number seven wide receiver is a huge need for them Losing Kenny Galladay. <sighs> Brought in Tyrell Williams. I'm trying to think if I missed anybody. Who else did they bring in for wide receiver? There was somebody else. There was somebody else. People are yelling at me on the other side of the mic. Brashad Perryman. That's Williams? it. Brashad. How it? could I forget? Wait, the Lions got Brashad Perryman. Yeah, one year, $3 million contract. Oh, I kind of like that. Cheap. No, I do too. Also signed Josh Hill. As a tight end, got Charles Harris and Romeo Aquara. Romeo Aquara, obviously the much bigger one. Michael Brocker is acquired in the trade from the Rams. You see Jared Goff say that Michael Brocker's apologized, and now they're all good. He and uh, he and he and uh, Brocker's. Yeah, I saw that Brocker's was saying like that was more. Like I think Brocker's excuse, and obviously this is what you're going to say because you have to say it, even though Jared Goff is actually bad. So I, I don't blame Brocker's for saying it when he said it. He's like, oh. You know, I was just saying that to kind of, like, hype up our new situation. Like, I was just trying to be, like, the best Los Angeles Ram. I, I could be, like, hyping up the team, obviously, or whatever. And he's like, I chose my words poorly. And I had to text Jared Goff. Whatever. Who cares? Michael Brockers was right originally. Never apologized. Yeah. Michael Brockers did nothing wrong. Michael Brockers did nothing wrong. I've often said this. Wide receiver remains a big need for them. 
Kyle Pitts is extremely tempting, even with TJ Hawkinson. But I don't think I'm going to do it. They already got the speed elements, though. You know, like, they have the Tyrell Williams. They've got Brashad Perryman. I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, like, Jalen Waddle's got to be the guy. I'm basically deciding between right. Jalen Waddle. I mean, Waddle. like, Williams and Perryman are speed dudes, but they're, like, big body, you know, field right. structure. Yeah. Waddle is elusive in a I'm, way neither of those players is. I'm basically debating between Waddle or Patrick Sertan if I wanted to go corner here. So I could put Sertan on one side and Jeff Akuda on the other. Which I think would be awesome. And now I'm actually thinking about no, I gotta do no Waddle. We gotta go Waddle. We gotta do it. Jalen Waddle, number seven. I'm, yeah. Like you these are one year deals for dart throws on Perriman and Tyrell. They can't really be like long term yeah, right. plans no, for I, you. You're right, you're right. Panthers at eight. Uh this is <laughs> I mean, there was the whole Panthers Mac Jones rumor going around for a while there in February. No. Uh, this is another team that missed out on the quarterback sweepstakes because we have the rush on quarterbacks in the top four. Uh Assuming they wouldn't take Mac Jones here, which I mean, they very well might take Mac Jones here. No, uh, I think Kyle Pitt. Kyle Pitts makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, Easy, lose, Easy. Lose, right? Lose Curtis Samuel, who was really one of your dynamic playmakers. Uh, you have Robbie Anderson. You have DJ Moore. You have very little tight end depth chart right now. Just lost Chris Mannertz in free agency. Pitts is going to be able to step in and be immediately impactful, right? He's going to be a year one, week one player who is a matchup problem for opposing teams. He's going to draw attention away from Moore, draw attention away from Anderson. High volume player. Bridgewater really wants to get rid of the ball quickly, really wants to be able to throw uh, before pressure arrives, wants to work the middle of the field. Pitts can be a really, really good receiver in that short area for you. And then Creed after the catch, which is a lot of what Samuel was able to do, though obviously Pitts in a bit of a different way. Either way, Panthers, Joe Brady need, needs a tight end, need to improve their, their pass catching core. Use them creatively. It's going to make a lot of sense. Going to round out the top 10 after this little ad read. We've been telling you guys about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bars on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, yet high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bars with 100% chocolate in all of their bars. But now it is time to find out which Built Bar bar is the best because it is Built Bar. Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to see what today's matchup is. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of protein bars. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order over at BuiltBar.com. And make sure you check in to see who won every day's matchup and then who will be crowned the best tasting protein bar. More Mock Madness after this. Get all the sports news that you need in just under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Miami Dolphins are up now at number nine. Remember, we had them trading back from three to nine with the Denver Broncos. Wide receiver could be still a need for them. Of course, they have Preston Williams. They have now Will Fuller. They have Devontae Parker. So I think it is less of a need. You know, when I think about adding Devontae Smith, it could certainly make sense for them. Like, Devontae Smith would objectively make their wide receiver room better. But would they do that at number nine? Also need edge. And I think Jalen Phillips is, at like, good enough Ooh. of a player to be a top 10 pick. But bold. there are... Some certain, of course, like the concussion history, and then there's some off-the-field stuff. I just don't know if he goes in the top 10. I'm thinking about a sneaky pick here, Ben. I'm thinking about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. That's healthy. To potentially be really what it felt like they wanted Minka to be, right? Because they drafted Minka, and yeah, they wanted him to be this super Mm -hmm. versatile defensive back, hybrid linebacker, slot playmaker and Minka just didn't want to play as physical as they wanted him to up towards the lighter scrimmage or helping out in the run. Minka wanted to play on the back end. He wanted to play free safety, and that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers have let him do, and that's where he's really been able to thrive. I feel like Wusu Koromoa is that kind of player that they were actually looking for, and so I'm going to go with Wusu Koromoa. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to put him at number nine to the Miami Dolphins. It's bold. Listen, we're we're here to get bold. It's the first, it's it's the first midweek mock in a while. We're switching things up. I'm throwing possibilities at people. I think Brian Flores is going to love Jeremiah Usukorma. I don't know if he's going to pick him at nine or three or wherever he ends up picking up or eighteen. I don't know, but I think he's going to be high on their board. All right. I mean, you talk about right, fly around, be fast, be physical, prioritize coverage, which is a lot of what 
I think Brian Flores would would classify his philosophy on his defense, and it makes sense. It's just very early for Usu Koromoa. You got him. I do. I do agree. Like he, he he's got to be more of what they want to make it to be. He can't really be a stack linebacker for them, and they do need a stack linebacker. Michael Parsons is there, so it is tricky. But I I see the fit. I see the vision. Ten Cowboys. I feel like this is always Patrick Sertan. Cowboys fans and, now want J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn had himself a nice, handsome little pro day at South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, he did. Young man was moving. Insane. Ran yeah. sub 4'4", four, four, ran a 41.5-inch vert. Yep. Boy, that's something. 11-foot-1-inch 11, 11 broad jump. Yeah. Did he run a three-cone or short shuttle? Absolutely not. Why would you ever run that? Yeah, he, he doesn't need that Rocky Sin testing where so, he's out there jumping high, he's out there running fast, and all of a sudden those three guns, those short shuttles I, I are just saw, not the same. I saw somebody on Twitter be like, does nobody run the short shuttle anymore? And it's like, no, absolutely not. Why would you want to lose money? Why would you actively want to lose money? It just feels like everybody who runs the three cone is like, oh, wow, I thought he'd be quicker. Or something like, there's just no, don't do it. Just don't run it. That's what we're doing, man. We just... We're just linear athletes, man. Just every day, one step closer to Tech Mobile football. Yeah. Uh, all right, God's football. I think their best player. I think that I think Patrick Sertan is a better corner prospect than J.C. Horn is. I thought that when we did the the corner uh, rankings a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. I still think that after they both had good testing days. Uh, obviously, Caleb Farley is my dude, but we've talked about Caleb Farley in the past week. The back injuries, I think, is going to knock him down the board. So. Patrick Sertan at 10 to the Cowboys. It's a great pick. New York Giants. Added Kyle Rudolph. Added Leonard Williams. Added Adoree Jackson. Added Kenny Galladay. Added John Ross. Added, of course, Mike Glennon. Had to throw, of course, in there for Mike Glennon. I think Leonard Williams is good for what he is, but I still think they need a true edge rusher. At 11, for the Giants, I'm going to pick the best edge rusher in the draft. I'm going to pick them, Jalen Phillips. Going number 11. I think that really helps their defense the most. He gives them the most back on it. He's by far, I think, the most talented edge rusher in the class. No doubt about it. I was watching some more film with different guys, mainly wide receivers, and I just had him kind of obviously in in the corner of my eye, and he's he's just so dominant. (laughs) He's just he's destroying these college tackles. And I think he could be the very fantastic pro. And so, yeah, he's a little bit of a risk here. You got to do your background research on him, but no doubt about it. Best, best edge rusher in the class. All right. I, I'm happy. We're getting defensive players. in. our first defensive player draft. that was at nine. And now he's been drafted. We've had three players drafted in defense, the past Time, three picks. That's enough. We don't have to do that at, at all for the rest of the draft. Yeah. I mean, like I, I do honestly think that there's a chance that, you know, we never like this is the lowest number of defensive players ever drafted. I've been trying to look up and see if somebody has already done the research for me and knows the lowest number of defensive players drafted in the first round. But nobody has. And I don't feel like going back and finding it out by myself. But like there could be like 12 defensive players drafted in the first round this year. Nuts. Um, But it, it could be like low teens, which is crazy. Niners at 12. I I want to like blankly full send Rashawn Slater and not even look at the rest of the board here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Mac Jones spot. I'm not going to make that pick. I don't think the Jones ceiling is high enough. I do think they'd like him though. You know, just super polished pocket pass or execute the offense corner. Oh man. Okay. Let me double check their corner room. No, I want to take Slater. It's freaking annoying. Okay. I know they brought back. Qu- Kwan they, they, they would, ab- they would there. absolutely take JC Horn. I think over Slater. I don't know about over Slater. I'm just saying, like, I, I think that they would they would take J.C. Horn if on the board. Like, he would be decently high for them. Slater versus Horn, I think, is a really good debate. I think that's right. that's the way I'll put it. No, there's no doubt they would. Verrett's on a one-year deal. Deontay Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley is the depth. <sighs> Do I have to be responsible right now? Do I really have to be responsible and draft J.C. Horn? <gasps> I'm about to throw a temper tantrum. I'm going to hold my breath until you, you let me draft Rashawn Slater. Do whatever you want. You could do whatever you want. No, but I have a responsibility to the the, the deities of good drafting and oh, wholesome draft content. Yes. I mean, I, that would be sick. Uh, finish Snyder Cut, by the way. Not a good movie. J.C. Horn at 12 to the 49ers. Oh, uh, yeah. We need to. Hey, real quick. Somebody please ask us about 
Justice League Snyder Cut for Fan Friday because I really want to talk it? about it. Yeah, 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 I finished it. Okay, and, and I really want to talk okay. about it. So somebody please ask us that for tomorrow's Fan Friday. Fan not, Friday, not aka tomorrow. Trevor and Ben Friday, where we tell you what questions to ask us so we can talk <laughs> we about the things that we want to talk about. We barely do that. Chill out, <laughs> JC Horn. Uh, I think that right. The, the Niners have experienced a pretty significant talent during a corner. Richard Sherman is still available. If they bring him back, maybe you can get away with not doing this. But still, there's no real young guy for them. No up-and-comer part of your long-term plan. You got away with your interior offensive line last year. Uh, you can do that again. You added Alex Max. You have some improvement there. Uh, J.C. Horn's the better pick. Los Angeles Chargers. Added Corey Lindsley, which I thought was a fantastic move. Added Matt Feeler, which I think was also a fantastic move. Those are two big offensive line additions that they so very desperately needed. I don't think it's enough. Rayshon Slater is still on the board, and you've got a chance to go get a guy who wow. can be a lot of different Talk me out of Slater just to get him at 13. Disrespect. Do you understand how this goes? I'm trying to make my life a little bit easier. If you took Slater off the board, I'd be panicking. You'd be taking, uh, you'd be taking Jesse Horn. <laughs> oh, wouldn't not for the Chargers. I, I, I still think they need trenches more than anything else. This, this pick works out fantastic for me. Uh, you know, with Rayshon Slater, I think he could play tackle. I think he'd be a great guard, but I certainly think that he could play tackle. This is a great pick for them. They've got Belaga. I know they've got Lindsley now. They're upgrading their line slowly but surely, but Slater can help them get that best five out there in a variety of different ways. And so this is a perfect pick for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I agree. I would I would, I would, would set Slater's floor around 12, 13. I don't think he gets further down. That I'd be surprised if he's out of the top 10, but that's definitely his floor. 14, Vikings would have loved to have gotten get Rashawn Slater at this spot. As it is, just take Elijah Vera Tucker and shut up. Uh, can I, say, I, can I that- say a sleeper pick? Travon Merrick. No, even sleepier. Okay. Snoozier than Travon Merrick. Even, 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 well, it might not be snoozier. I don't know. Let's hear it. The name is Devontae Smith. Oh. Because then you would have an offense that has Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Devontae Smith while Adam Thielen climbs into his 30s. His, His contract gets a lot easier to cut next season if he has any kind of drop off and then you've still got Devontae Smith right there. Like right, I was about to say like, that, this team barely plays eleven, but if you're anticipating moving off from Thielen. Right, but at the same time, like they could that offense with those three guys just becomes now incredibly difficult to stop. I think. Yeah. So I, I saw Devontae Smith. If they're Smith willing to put him on the field. We obviously, like, you know, they've changing offensive coordinators for the 95th time in the last four seasons, so. Which I think they would if that was clear of their strength, you know? Yeah. All right, I still want to take Elijah Vera Tucker because Fuck. I think that, uh, I know back. that there's a insistence on investing at edge in the first round under Zimmer, or uh, and this isn't the drafting, I should say, in the defensive trenches, but unless they're really going to, like this Danielle Hunter thing is really hitting a, a head, I think that at this point you you finish up your offensive line. Uh, right now, I don't know what the plan is at left tackle, but I'm assuming it's Ezra Cleveland. Brian O'Neill stays at right tackle. If that's the case, you're losing your starting right guard from last year in Ezra Cleveland, and you still don't have left guard locked up with Dakota Dozier and Drew Samia kind of being the the conversation there. So bring in Elijah Vera Tucker. He's going to be able to start either guard spot for you. I think you, you'd start him on, on the left side, which is where he played at USC very successfully. That's your plug-and-play, dude. You're going to be a heavy rushing team for as long as it is Dalvin Cook. If Clint Kubiak does exactly what his father did, then it's going to be wide zones. You're going to need the movement skills. Vera Tucker's a perfect scheme fit. Send it. 15 is the Atlanta Falcons. This is perfect. Their biggest knee is at edge rusher. Aziz Ojolari is still on the board, and I think this is a good target for him to go. And so him going to Georgia, him staying in Georgia, playing for the Falcons, this makes too much sense. If the Falcons can move all the way back to 15 and still get themselves a player like Aziz Ojolari at an area of need that they desperately have, you're getting the extra draft picks and you're getting a really damn good edge rusher, which is a premium position that they have to upgrade. This is a home run move for the Falcons, and it kind of further proves our point that, look, even though they're picking number four, and typically we say, well, you don't want to move back too far. I think if you're trading back into the mid-teens, middle of the first round, it's just fine. Go out and get as many draft picks as you can. You're going to be able to get a good edge rusher there. So Aziz Ojolari, 15 to the Falcons. 
Cardinals at 16. You strapped in? Oh, Lord. Yeah, I'm going to click my seatbelt in right now. Do you know where I'm going? No. Devontae Smith. We got a one-year deal on A.J. Green. Avoid years after. Let's go. We have Christian Kirk only under contract for one more year. We have Andy Isabella, who's not really been good. And we have Keyshawn Johnson, who's no gas. So this is still a thin wide receiver room. And you cannot be talking yourself into A.J. Green being the solution for you. Larry Fitzgerald is currently a free agent. He has been your your dominant big slot player for ages. He has been your possession guy, and you lost him now. This is a team that uses 10 personnel more than any other team in the league. There are four wide receivers on the field. Their wide receiver depth chart is more important than any other team in the NFL. Value just fell to you. Devontae Smith at 16. You play a spaced out approach that's going to allow him to play outside, going to allow him to play in the slot, going to allow him to get quick targets, going to allow him to create after the catch. He's going to be able to produce at a very high level with a very high target, uh, like a very high target share. You let Green continue to be a field stretcher. You let Isabella continue to be a field stretcher. You don't need to rely on Christian Kirk to take on Larry Fitzgerald's job. You give it to Devontae Smith. This is a pass-happy team. They just lost Kenyon Drake. Oh, we got to invest in the interior offensive line. You got to invest in the running game. It's not how it's not who they are. It's not what they like. It, they like throwing the football. Devontae Smith is a a great value at this point if you think he can work, and I'd imagine they would. So Devontae Smith at sixteen to the Cardinals. I like it. I like it. I'm glad you had me strap in. I really like the the vision that you had there. Las Vegas yeah. Raiders are up at number seventeen. All right, they brought in Kenyon Drake to play next to Josh Jacobs. It's great. They brought in John Brown and Zay Jones at wide receiver. On the defensive line, they got Solomon Thomas. They brought in Yannick Ngakwe. They brought in Jonathan Hankins as well. And then they just decided to dismantle basically their entire offensive line, which is a very bold call from you John Gruden. You don't need offensive lines in the modern NFL no, to succeed. Little known fact. Not. Look, the game has never been won or lost in the trenches. Not once. I can't, I can't remember the last time it was. Not once. Obviously, heavy sarcasm there, guys. Calm down. Raiders moved on from Rodney Hudson, which is wild. Gabe Jackson, okay. Trenton Brown, all right. We thought Richie Incognito, but now he's back. And so their offensive line just looks very different. Incognito's back. Colton Miller's obviously their left tackle, but, uh, you know, uh, Denzel Good, right guard. Uh, Kamal Seymour, right tackle. Like, I I don't even know who's going to be playing right tackle for them at this point. You got Tevin Jenkins sitting here. He played right tackle last year. He's he's mean as a mother, and John Gruden is going to absolutely love him. So if Tevin Jenkins is here on the board at 17, which I think that he is going to be, he's going to pick the big mauler from, uh, from Oklahoma State who could plug right in at right tackle, which they now desperately need. Yeah, I, I, it'll be weird if they dismantled the offensive line just to pick on the offensive line. Yeah, right? but, like, well, yeah, but I, how else does it make sense? Like what are they? I I understand like they could be like moving on from there, but you moved on right. for so many good players. That's the part. That's the if you right. if you like move on from a tackle, you know, it would be weird to say like okay, you calculated moved on from a tackle. You don't need to just draft one in the first round. That's probably not where you're going. You've probably got somebody in the farm system you really like. The Raiders moved on from like three starting spots. There's no way they've got dudes in the farm system that they believe in that much. So I, I really I mean, do think they that ex- they kind of right. screw themselves. I think, I, I, from what I've read, they like Denzel good in the building, but I think they'd rather him be a guard. I, uh, yeah. So I'm, I just, I like, well, even if okay, you draft Tevin you, Jenkins, he's still, he, he's still playing right guard for you. Good. Still starting it right. Yeah. I can't. I have no idea what the Raiders are doing. Uh, you you said there like how else does it make sense? And that's the thing is I just don't think it does. All right, eighteen does Shout Miami out. Dolphins uh, at nine after the trade back they got Jeremiah Usu Uh Devontae off the board kind of sucks for them. That would have been fun here. I know. Good value. I know. I know. Uh, Edge. I'm not going to take Quiddy Pay. I'm not going to take Gregory Rousseau. Is this where we go running back? Is 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 Najee a top twenty pick for you? Is Travis Etienne a top twenty pick for you? We haven't gotten to the running back portion of our final summer of our final scattering reports, so I'm not gonna. Right, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not Wouldn't gonna. really know the answer to that question. Could take Micah Parsons, just double up on linebacker because Wusu Kormoa technically isn't a linebacker. Nah, there's no need for that. It's <laughs> <laughs> tempting, but no. Uh, running back also right. could maybe go Rashad Bateman. Now I was gonna say, heck it, I'm taking Rashad Bateman. I don't think the league likes him this much. I like him this much. Uh, 
play big slot for, for, for Miami, be able to separate on the underneath. We talked about how good he is on in-breakers. Going to be a really solid, quick possession option for Tua, who likes to get rid of the ball pretty uh, pretty handily. Plays nicely with uh, Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. Can play outside for you in the event of injury as well. So he backs up those positions. It's a good look. Washington football team. They had one of my favorite free agency periods. Brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, GOAT. Automatic win. Curtis Samuel. William Jackson. I just thought they made some really great moves. So now it's an offense that's got uh, Terry McLaurin, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel. I mean, it's just fun as hell at this point. They're going to get another wide receiver, I think, a bigger-bodied wide receiver later in the draft. They don't need to right here. And go offensive tackle. It's their big need. They got Morgan Mogus on one side, but I think that they still need a big offensive tackle on the other. Christian Darisaw is still here. This is this is where I got to sign him up. Ben had a little bit of concerns, more concerns than I did with Christian Darisaw, but ju- they just truly don't make him like this dude. He moves so well for his size, and if you focus, if if you get him to focus in, if you give him that little mean streak, which I I admit it w- was not in his game, and I wish it was. I wish he played a little meaner. I wish we, he had a little bit more nastiness to him. If you can get that in him, if you could light a fire underneath him. He's got all the size and athletic talent in the world, I think. So we're going to go Christian Darisaw here for Washington. I thought you would have taken Mac Jones there. No? I mean, when you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, why would you? On a one-year deal. Yeah, for now. (laughs) Five-year extension coming up. It could. Yeah, I mean, like that, that could definitely be a Mac Jones landing spot. Right. I'll put it to you this way. I'm taking him at 20 for the Bears for much the same reason. Uh, you have a one-year deal with Andy Dolan. You're going QB to need QB1, that. by the way. Social media one, Social media yeah. from the Bears wanted you to know that he's no, QB1. QB1, full stop. No emojis, okay? Right. No fanfare, no ads. QB1, period. That's yeah. how thrilled we are. Uh, Tell Nick Foles out. to kick rocks. Yeah, shout out to the Bears social guy, man. He's just out here just surviving, I hope, just doing I his hope, best. I hope Nick Foles beats out Andy Dalton at this point. And they quote tweet and they're like, that's our bad guys. We misled. <laughs> you got to lean into the troll. That's how you yeah. defeat it. I'm taking Mac Jones to add to that quarterback room. I think they want to move on from Nick Foles. I think they will move on from Nick Foles. I think that Jones gives them someone that they can plug in in the second half of the season. If either A, they're tanking or B, uh, Dalton's playing poorly and they think that Jones can turn things around. He also gives them a guy for the future because you're not going to have Dalton on the roster in 2021. Uh, you're, and because your roster is pretty good, like even though you got rid of Kendall Fuller and or Kyle Fuller, excuse me, in an effort to get worse, probably, uh, you're still a decent team, and it's going to be hard for you to get into the top ten to go draft a quarterback. So take Mac Jones here. Uh, league sources seem to think he's going to go much higher than this, so it's good value at least relative to other teams. I mean, I don't hate it. It all of a sudden Max, becomes an ex- Max, extremely fine. interesting quarterback room, you know. You've got a former Super Bowl champion, a guy, a guy that 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 social media for the team announces QB one, and you've got a quarterback who uh, absolutely lit the college football world on fire this past year with efficiency. I guess I would say that uh, nobody seems to want to draft. Listen, having an interesting quarterback room is better than whatever the adjectives you could use to describe the Bears' quarterback room in the past couple of years. Interesting, notwithstanding. Maserati Mitch is how I would have described it before. Mercedes oh. Mitch. Mitsubishi Mitch. Maybach, did not know this was May, a thing that we did luxury May, sports cars plus Mitch. Maybach Mitch. That man is a Toyota Trubisky. All right, moving did, on. Did I say did I say Mazda? Mazda Mitch. Oh, I think I'm out. Trevor, we are already behind. And do you're I, out here taking 30 seconds. Do I have any other playing ones? alliteration games with Trubisky? No, nah, I think I'm out. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, NHL, they're on full swing. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV. Anything that you want to put your money on, Bet Online's got you. Head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's all caps, one word, LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Finishing up the mock draft coming up after the break. All right, we got a, We got an ad for our own show. You ready for it, Ben? 
This is by a mile my favorite part of our show. Are you day. ready for the NFL yes. draft? Join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sikama, that's me, Benjamin Solak, that's him. Hello. As they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis for the 2021 you NFL want it, come draft. and get it. And team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Wow, spoilers! Yeah, hey, listen, we like to lie to our listeners and not tell them what's happening next. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, that part's not a lie, on radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate you guys. Really do. For listening to the pod. Indianapolis Colts are up at 21. The big move that they made, of course, was acquiring Carson Wentz. They also brought back Marlon Mack, brought back T.Y. Hilton, signed Sam Tevy to make it look like they maybe might not take an offensive tackle in the first round, which... I think might still be dumb. Also brought back Xavier Rhodes, so they don't have a glaring cornerback need. I still think offensive tackle and corner are their biggest needs. The two guys that I'm looking at are Caleb Farley, who is still on the board. Because, right. And we have to, I guess, give context here because Caleb Farley used to go top 10 in all of our mocks, and now he is still on the board here at 21. It's because he recently it was uh, reported that He's now ha- got to have a second procedure on his back, which, you know, you got multiple back surgeries before you even play it down. Micro to me. Right. Uh, thank you for that, Dr. Solak. I learned the word. I'm going to use it. Also has the torn ACL that he had in 2017. And so it's just, he's got a lot of injuries coming into the NFL, but the main one is, is the back-to-back back surgeries, which is just not very encouraging. So for Caleb Farley to be here at 21, I think the Colts got to really take a good hard look at him there. Greg Newsom also on the board from Northwestern. Offensive tackle, I'm, I'm looking at Liam Eikenberg because Eikenberg Boy. might not have the athletic ceiling maybe of like a Samuel Cosme who is still on the board. But I think Eikenberg is going to give you more in year one. And I think he, he just might give you more in general. I just think he's a really solid left tackle prospect. Oh, man. It's so tempting to not pick Farley, but I just don't know enough about the back injuries. Right. I don't like know people ask, look. like, what would you do? And it's like, man, I, I would I would get more information. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Like right now, I don't it's, we just don't know enough. I'm going Eichenberg. I'm putting him next to, to Quentin Nelson. They'll love him, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I think so too. Notre Dame boys back at it again. Oh, Eichenberg and Q next to each other. I forgot. Oh, yep. wait, that's a lot of fun. Yep. Okay. Twenty two. Uh, whatever they're called, the Tennessee Titans. Desperate corner need for this team, having lost Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson, both in this past offseason. Desperate wide receiver need for this team, having lost Corey Davis and Jonu Smith, both in this past offseason. Uh, Greg Newsom and Caleb Farley, the top of the corner board. Terrace Marshall, Kadarius Tony, the top of the wide receiver board. Such a good spot for Rashad Bateman, but he had to go early to the Dolphins. That's my own freaking fault. Okay. The reaping, the sowing. <laughs> yep. Uh, Newsom, Farley. Uh, it's the same conversation with Farley as we I th- just had. I feel like they would love Farley, honestly. Right. I mean, he's... he's. Mm. I'm going to have the exact same debate one pick later if it makes I think, you feel right. any better. Because the thing is, I think they'd love Newsom as well. And Newsom does not have the the back injury issues, though Newsom himself has missed a lot of time, but he's not coming right off of surgery. So I'm taking Greg Newsom. Um, Titans are in, a, are in a dangerous spot here. I think they're they're a team that, that could really fall. Uh, that roster's gotten depleted. They lost Arthur Smith, Arthur Brown, Arthur Smith. Uh, corner's the biggest position of need. Newsom's still a really good player. I think he's around one player. Make the pick. New York football Jets. That's not how that goes. Quiddy Pay is still on the board here, and I like that for them. Since you took Newsom, I think Newsom would have been a nice option for them. But they brought in Carl Lawson. They've got Jordan Jenkins as well. But I think if they're moving more towards what Sailor ran in San Francisco, they'd probably want Quiddy Pay to play as more of a five tech defensive end. Right. Then, we had this conversation. I don't remember. Then, when. They, would let, then the they would let Carl something. Lawson play more of the more of like the Nick Bosa role. Well, no, Lawson play more of your D Ford role, and uh, Pay. Would oh, be your right. Bosa. Yes. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I was. I wasn't thinking of who was on the other side. That's okay. You're dumb. Yeah. Right. See you next week. All right. I'm gonna go Quiddy right, Pay here. I, th- I still think that's a good pick. Investing in edge rusher is really smart. The Jets have neglected <sighs> it for so long. Yeah. Quiddy Pay. Poor Caleb Farley. Okay. 
don't Steelers even, are 24. I don't even know if Caleb Farley goes round one anymore, man. He's about to. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. I mean, so Steelers. Samuel Cosme, maybe. But again, they haven't taken a tackle in the first round of this decade or this century, which is a ludicrous stat that I love. So I'm just going to keep bringing it up. Villanueva hasn't been signed anywhere yet. So there's a chance they bring him back. Trickle McCorf from the other side. I don't know. Well, I don't know. What we do know is they fell out with Steven Nelson. They don't have an outside corner to back him up. Justin Lane is not that dude. Uh, and Joe Hayden's also approaching free agency. Yeah. Uh, getting older, getting less effective. I think this Caleb is probably J- Joe Hayden's last year. In right. Caleb Farley is a big swing, but they probably have time to take a big swing and see how it goes. Uh, so I'm going to make that the pick. I think that Farley's okay. fall stops here at 24 to the Steelers, who love athletic players in the first round, taking athletic secondary players. And Farley doesn't get the opportunity to test as Sertan and Horn have. Both Sertan and Horn with good numbers. I think Farley's going to put up great numbers, uh, like like JC Horn did. So I think he would fit with a like. It's it's a gamble, but it's a worthy one. Was uh, Terrell Edmonds was Virginia Tech as well in the first round when they took him, wasn't he? Yeah. So they Correct. they know that that coaching staff and they're willing yep. to trust them on trust them on Edmonds which is a big of a bold pick so if, if they get sold on Farley make that the selection as well Jaguars have hit a lot of needs so far in free agency but one of the big areas that Urban Meyer continues to talk about is tight end Pat Fryermuse on the board at 25 I feel like he's going to be on the board at 25 and a lot of mock drafts that we do from here on out but Ben and I went over his film and, and we saw the same really good player is he the next Rob Gronkowski no calm down but He's great, and I think he's the exact kind of tight end that they're looking for, a guy you could play in line but also be a big-time receiver for them that you can move around, that you could play in the slot, that you could use in a wing position. And so I think Pat Fryermuth fills the exact tight end knee that they're looking for as one of their top options. So with him still on the board at 25, I think that's the pick. I did that quick like because it. we have to go p- quick because we only have 10 minutes left. I didn't mean to just like put you in a bind now with not much time to look at the Cleveland I Browns. I 100% was like two-thirds of the way into the Browns depth charge just still thinking about what I wanted to do, just and then all of a sudden you were done. Just I was vibing. like, Heck. <laughs> All right. Best thing to get is a Miles Garrett running mate, Gregory Rousseau. I'm not making that pick. Jason Owe, I'm not making that pick. Next best thing to get is a Larry Ogunjobi replacement, Sheldon Richardson replacement, Christian Barmore. I'm maybe making that pick. Corner to run opposite Denzel Ward and protect you from Greedy Williams getting injured again. Eric Stokes, maybe not going to do it. Wide receiver, they brought back Rashad Higgins. They might OBJ is a weird situation. Landry, they could get a better playmaker. Now they're going to be fine there. Micah Parsons, mm. this might be it. Mm. Let me double check real quick. All uh, right, Browns had Sion Takitaki and Mac Wilson last year. Struggled with that. Brought in Anthony Walker to be their base down thumper. Since BJ Goodson, I believe, is a rising free agent. Jacob Phillips, their third round pick from last year, still a guy they're bringing along. Yeah, and then they brought back Malcolm Smith in free agency. So you've got depth. You don't have a star player. Uh, let's. We're going to improve the defense no matter what. That's where all of our needs are. Let's go for best player available. Michael Parsons here at 26. A weird process for Parsons. We still don't really know exactly where he's going to land. He was so highly ranked earlier. Now he's falling back down to earth a little bit. 26 is a good value for him. Baltimore Ravens up at 27. I think I have the player that I really want them to select. I'm just double-checking the depth chart to make sure that I'm not missing anybody. Robert Tyrus Bowser obviously lost the edge rushers. They lost Matt Judon. They lost Yannick Ngakwe. They could certainly use another edge. They have some guys there. Brought back Tyrus Bowser as well. Did an edge guy really fall? No, it's great. It's basically Gregory Rousseau is the next guy there. If Why any do- team's going to make Gregory Rousseau fun and interesting and good. Oh, no, no doubt about it. It, it. it could be Baltimore. Wide receiver. Terrace Marshall could be hilarious because he, he's. Miles Boykin, but actually good. Right. <laughs> He's exactly what they would <laughs> It's want. mean, but it's right. Uh, I'm going to go Trayvon Merrick. That yeah. Was, that, was yeah. The, that was the pick that I was originally going to select, and I was trying to convince myself to not do it, and I couldn't come up with uh, good grounds. Trayvon Merrick, I think, is the best safety in this draft. I think he's versatile, but I also, and most importantly, think that he could play as a really nice center fielder. He's got great communication. He understands spacing. He's got good range. I think he's got adequate range to play as a free safety, as a single high guy in the NFL. I think he's smart, instinctual, good ball player. Baltimore Ravens is 27. Yeah, I, uh, I, this is a classic situation where it's like, I, it doesn't mean I don't like Deshaun Elliott, because I do, but this is Trevon Merrick, and I think yeah, he can be a really good player. I agree. All right, the Saints are a sneaky tight end team, and I was hoping to get Pratt Firemuth for them because they moved on from both Josh Hill and uh, Jared Cook, right? And so this is Adam Troutman and nobody else right no, now. No, I still have taste With that... 
that noise that you made made the whole bit worth it. The whole I'm so thing. pissed at that right there. I literally, because my, my head was like, oh no, you forgot someone, you idiot. And then I fully processed the name and I was like, oh, frick, no, it's just Taysom. <laughs> God dang it. All right. As it is, I'm going to add to the pass catching room. Uh, we lose Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders for free yeah. agency. Traquan Smith's up, uh, uh, upcoming for free agency. I'm going to take Terrace Marshall here. Uh, the Saints never take LSU players. All right, I'm taking one in the first round. Uh, the <laughs> and, deep And that's the ability. bottom line. <laughs> yeah, it's the vertical ability. Uh, this is the first non-Breeze Saints team we're going to have in a decade. And with Jameis... They're going to throw the ball down the field. They have to to be successful with him in, in place. Even if it's Taysom, you're still going to want to be able to throw the ball down the field on trick nonsense. They don't really have a great downfield receiver right now. Terrace Marshall is, I think, his best trade is downfield ability. Uh, talked a lot about why he's my wide receiver five. Like him a lot, making the pick at 28. We didn't really have a good corner fall to the Green Bay Packers at 29. Of the guys wow. that are left, I feel like... Rude. Uh... No, I mean, like, Stokes has probably got the length. Like, they would they would consider Stokes, I think. How tall is Stokes? He's like 6'1". Uh, you can work with that. Yeah, I think like I think the Packers would work for, with that. Right. This is I, 100% where they would just take a Fiatu Melifonwu. I, like, I, okay. ju- I was just about to say, they could definitely go Ifatu Melifonwu. Eric Stokes, arm length. 31-2-5 on the arm length for Stokes. That's uh, I don't think that's up to snuff for them. Wow. Though it's a new defensive coaching staff, so maybe it's new prototypes. Who knows? A- anybody really fall to him? Now we got the running backs. They're, those are the first three picks. Samuel Cosme, I guess, is the offensive tackle pick if they want, but he's played left, and you got, um, you've got Bakhtiari, obviously. you got time as well to, 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 to make that change because you still have uh, Billy Turner for a year if you want him. That's true as well, but the, with the, with the Packers being a team that's like, hey, we we need players that'll help us compete right away. Linebacker, Collins, Browning. Yeah, I mean, probably Zayvon Collins. What would what would piss people off less, Zayvon Collins or Ifatu Melifonwu? Oh, Zayvon Collins. All right, then we're going with Ifatu Melifonwu. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I, I do think that Zayvon Collins is actually a pretty good pick here. I, right. I think they w- would have Melifonwu on their radar. Maybe they'd get spicy and pick him at 29, but he'd probably be a day two target for them. All right, we'll go, Z- we'll go, we'll go Zayvon Collins here. Supersized linebacker, 6'4", 260 pounds. Been a while since we got his name in the first round. It See, is. This is what I'm talking about. And I, and I think he's a good player. I really do. I think he gives you a lot more coverage profile than you would think for a guy who's 6'4", 260. He could obviously hold up on the line. Nice in pursuit. I mean, he's he's a very good ball player, so I'm glad that we're getting him in the first round here. And Green Bay's a team that could utilize him. Bills at 30, who would have been cool with Zayvon Collins as well. Uh, I've said for a long time, I think this is a great team for Eric Stokes in terms of his play style uh, and his success in, in zone coverage. I know that Stokes lined up press man at Georgia, but I think when you see him play off and you see him play with his eyes in the backfield, you see an impressive player. I think that the uh, click and close isn't perfect, but he's a smart player and he gets it done. Uh, and then obviously we've seen athletically that he should be able to have a, a good profile playing in off but as as you know, I had this conversation with an Eagles fan talking about J.C. Horn and the Eagles playing cover two. Even when you're a zone heavy team, you need guys who can play man coverage because eventually at some point you have to line up and win man to man. Tre'Davious White can do that. Hopefully Eric Stokes can do that as well in the league. Uh, corner two, the weakest spot in the Bills roster. Eric Stokes, a great gamble at thirty with his profile. Chiefs have plenty of time to add a wide receiver later in the draft as well as a linebacker. I think that those could be day two additions for them. But when Samuel Cosme is sitting here at 31, I think this is probably the time that you got to pull the trigger on him. There are some balance issues, some center of gravity issues, some footwork things, some balance things that I've seen in his tape where I'm like, ah, you know, you don't take on strength as well because I think that your ankles aren't really that flexible. But I think that that is stuff that you can work on. And I do think that he's a really nice left tackle prospect. He brings you a lot of smooth movement for a player who's six foot seven. So he's just, he also seems like a guy that the Chiefs would take a chance on and really help out and I think make a good offensive tackle prospect. So we're going to go with Samuel Cosme here at 31. Yeah, I think that's great. I love Cosme to the Chiefs. 32 to the Bucks. Now it's just me. Uh, we haven't taken a running back yet. You want to take a running back? Just pick one. It doesn't matter. Literally doesn't right. matter. Flipping a coin. 
No, uh, Javante Williams odds have gone from plus 700 when we talked about them to plus 300 at the most favorable book. So yeah, more yeah, than baby. halved. Do it. Yeah. Uh, so I think and at this time last year, Clyde Edwards Alaire was fourth among running backs to go first at plus 900. So Javante is at a stronger position than Edwards Alaire was. I don't think it happens, but for fun. Javante Williams at 32 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There we go, everybody. Hopefully it was worth the wait. Our first midweek mock draft post free agency. That was a lot of fun. I, you know, we, we go through these phases during the draft calendar. We're okay. You're doing the way too early mock drafts just to really get prospects names out there. And then as teams start to win and lose, you figure out what the order is and you figure out what their needs are. And then you kind of get into the off season and you get like, you know, the, the, the all-star games, the senior bowl, the combine, and then things change. But man, mocks really, really start to change after free agency. After those guys go from team to team, all of the needs really switch up for the first time in about three months. And that's what brings some new life into, into doing this mock draft exercise. So I had a lot of fun. I know Ben had a lot of fun. I'm speaking for him there. Hopefully you guys out there had a lot of fun too, because we'll be doing these mocks very regularly as we get closer to draft weekend. We've got part two of our final wide receiver scouting reports coming up tomorrow. And then, of course, Fan Friday to wrap things up at the end of the week. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.